Coming up on TMS, Alien, the movie Aliens, Alien. That went places. Deep places. Don't want to leave you without a ding. I don't like BGs. <laughs> Pet Karma Chameleon. I did not shoot the decutive. <laughs> Calling me fat. Let me put down my donut and investigate this. Big D and his colon. I'd like to buy a bowel, please. Justice League was dark. And Justice League's not supposed to be dark. Frog Pants Baby Making Supply and Storage Excelsior. Referral Madness. Dream of one-eyed basketball aliens. Smell of paper and book. <laughs> Therapy Thursday and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Chumba wumba hubba bubba rayliola. <laughs> For a ghost, you bleed just fine. This is The Morning Stream. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the morning stream for July 30th, 2020. I'm Scott Johnson. That's Brian Ebbett right over there. Hi, Brian. Hi. Hello. Welcome to Thursday. We have passed the hump of Wednesday. Yeah. On to the, the gentle glide down of Thursday. That's true. Uh, tomorrow we got a play date, so come watch us live. It's in the morning this week. So mm -hmm. I'll tell you right That's off right. the bat, 9 a.m., everyone's welcome. We usually uh, let the patrons come be part of the games first, but sometimes some of you freeloaders can sneak in as well <laughs> exactly there's some so sometimes we just can't help it but you uh cheapskates uh, get in and get to play games with us yep so come just on kidding. in just kidding no that's it's true uh, it, we're we are looking forward to it though so that's tomorrow uh yeah. tomorrow at 9 a.m not your usual friday brian's going out of town correct on a much deserved the little F getaway out of town yep you deserve a little time away i had one of those moments this morning where the news is a little rotten this morning, kind of mm -hmm. all over. Uh, mm -hmm. We got economy news that's real bad. We got um, news about uh, some coronavirus spiky stuff that nobody wants to hear. Uh, just kind of a rotten morning um, full of news. My wife goes, what do you have today? And I said, I've got uh, TMS and then, you know, Current Geek and some other stuff later. And she goes, you knew you could just take a mental day, a mental health day, she says. And I said, yeah, I could. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it would help my mental health if I bailed on TMS. It's weird. Sometimes I just need TMS, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, need I it. totally know what you're saying, and I know what she's saying too. Because all right, you know, you usually by this time of the year, yeah, you and I have gone on a couple trips during the during the summer, spring, whatever, and we've we've because of that have taken a, a forced week off. Yeah. I should have had my and, New Orleans, uh, Mississippi trip should have been done by now. And exactly. I would, have had a I would have had at least one Vegas trip. It uh, Next week, it will have been one year since I went to Vegas, which is the longest time away from Vegas I've had since 1999. That's just, see, look what we, what have we done? What I've have gone we done? twice a year, at, at a minimum of twice a year to Vegas since 1999. And uh, this will be the longest time I've been without, which... You know, I mean, I've obviously I've got the I've got the uh, the urge to go, not the urge, but the desire to go. Sure. But not the not the uh, not so much <laughs> that, uh, that I want to take the risk. Sure. But anyway, so I mean, back to the thing. I'm just I think you know, a mental health week or a couple days does sound good at times. But then I think about God, then I'm not getting in here and 
Mm-hmm. Getting to unload all my problems and thoughts. <laughs> right. And we don't get to come dump our therapy on everybody else. So, uh, so we're here. And look, uh, I'll take some time today with the dog, chill out, read a comic yeah. book. I've been, I've been reading, dude, this is weird, but I've been reading old uh, Dark Horse Aliens comics, like Aliens, the movie Aliens, Alien, you know, that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've been diving into Comixologies. They have the, the basically the entire thing in a giant volume. Mm-hmm. And I just started in like 86 or whenever these things started. Oh, and I'm awesome. just reading it forward and it's really good and I really like it. And it's a great escape, even though it's like kind of dark and, you know, it's aliens after yeah. all. Yeah. But uh, it's pretty good. So I'm doing that. Maybe I'll do some of that today. Curl up with the dog. Get a nice tea going or something. I don't know. Could use did, a, use did a all something. the um, Prometheus and uh, you know the the prequely kind of stuff that Ridley Scott was doing? Are we done with all those, or does he have another one in the in the chamber that he's working on? Oh, I don't know. Uh, we should find that out. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Is there a new Alien movie in the works, or as I wrote it, movie? Movie. Is there a newbie movie in the in the works? In the movie, newbie. <laughs> All right, next, uh, let's see. Ridley Scott still plans third Alien sequel after Covenant, he says. Okay, that's see, right, Covenant. That was the uh, the uh, 2017 thing. Uh, let's see. Boy, they... Well, that's not good. Uh, the worldwide gross for Covenant was only $240 million. That was a sharp decline from the $403 million Prometheus made, so, so it was not a successful effort. However, he still wants to do it, it says. Uh, talks to Sky, says, I don't live in Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's right. It's Disney now, right? Oh, yeah. What does that it even was, look uh, like? It was Fox, and now it's Disney. I guess it'll end up being... because um, Disney. So Disney still has all of their labels that when they need to put something out that's R-rated, they just don't put Disney on it. They put something else. Yeah, like, right. What did it used to be? Like uh, Touchstone? It used to be Touchstone, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, so they'll probably do that. And then anything TV-wise that's too saucy for Disney Plus or like streaming-wise, they put it on Hulu now because they own a controlling stake right. in Hulu. It should just it should just create it like call it Disneyish. Yeah, there you go. Disneyish. It's Disneyish. <laughs> but I have a lot of questions about a lot of that sort of stuff. Like Blade is mm-hmm. way too bloody for just Disney uh, and or Marvel for that matter. Right. So right. Uh, yeah, we'll see what they do. But anyway, the point is Deadpool. I don't yeah. know what the point is. There, there, there's no point. Uh, he may there's be making no a point. point. No. <laughs> have no point. There's no point to anybody. And by the way, I know that me going, oh, I should take a mental health day and bleh. I know there are people mm-hmm. in way rougher st- well, states course, yes. today okay i know that there's that's always going to be true like i could have four crabs on my junk uh i could have a unicorn horn on my back uh my ear could be bleeding and uh three of my toes chopped off and there are still going to be somebody somewhere's having it worse than i am you know what i mean oh for sure for sure yeah no i, I don't think we're asking for any sympathy uh, no, for this no. at all i think we're just saying yeah you know actually it'd be kind of nice to to have a weekday or a couple days off and say, all right, I'm going to catch up on a couple things that that require unbroken morning time. Yeah. Do we just have, we have our days just like you guys do. We're glad to share our morning with you. That's all that yeah. matters. All right. Exactly. All we, right. Are, anyway. we are doing what we do at the end of every month, and that is bringing Gidget Von LaRue in here from down under. It's like three o'clock in the morning there or something weird like that. Yeah. And uh, we're going to have a, a good time playing this. Trivial things. Gidget, welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Look at this 70s ass looking business we got oh, going Oh, that's awesome. Here. Wow. Is that your real hair or is that what you do? Is that a wig? 
That is a, it is a wig, actually. Yeah. I, I like it. Uh, I, I like great. wigs. They're fun. Yeah, you they don't are. Have to do your hair. My hair's filthy underneath this, so yeah. wigs are great. <laughs> I was hoping. I feel like we should be singing "Thank God It's Friday" right now. Or, uh, uh, Probably, ring, my, yeah. ring my bell or something like that. Yep. I was yep. really hoping. Good, good I was. Idea. I was really hoping you'd have more wood paneling in the background. That was going to be a big. Well, <laughs> there's only so much that uh, <laughs> she can do for this. This is a good point. Uh, well, get- uh, just before I started, I was filming a '70s porno in the next room. Oh, so we're great. all good oh. for covering the '70s thing. Yeah, and that—that's where it was called. Uh, the day I met the Colonel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is the that- neighbor, the, the neighbors are pretty agreeable too, which oh. is great. Oh, that's good. That's that's good. Mm. I just yeah. wish there was a green door uh, on the other side there. That, uh, <laughs> no, beats. have to wonder what was behind the to, green door. You have to do beats. Well, I do have a deep throat, so. Oh Lord. <laughs> oh, well, that went places. Hey. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, Gidget's here. She is once a month. Last month we were a little late, so we did it actually earlier this month. But so we get you twice this month. July is the is the double up on Gidget. Uh, That's right. yeah. Last time it was Mad Max Fury Road trivia, which was heavily favored in my direction. Tell us mm-hmm. what our trivial topic is today for Brian and I to compete with. And by the way, before you do, chat room, I don't know who knows the running score, but I need somebody out there to keep track today. And also, if you have it, what is what is the current running score between Brian and I? I know Brian's ahead, but I don't know how yeah, by well, I much. I think only by one. I think I think only if if I'm ahead, it's only by one from. Uh, yeah, one or two, one or two. I think. Okay, yeah. so not too bad. Yeah. Uh, not too not are, too not too bad, but it, Scott, you may not want the 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 tadpole to keep score on this one. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh Oh, because I don't actually even I forgot. I know it's some seventies related, obviously, because you you're dressed for the for the thing, but I don't remember what the topic was, so. Lay it on us. What is it? All right. It is actually 70s music. Oh, Lord. oh sweet. Okay. Sweet. I actually like a lot of 70s music. The question is, do I rem- do I know a lot of the names and things like that? That's going to be yeah, the big trick right. here. Well, the, the, the way I look at it is, is, is you, Scott, and Brian, and myself, we're all around the same age. Mm-hmm. So... We were we weren't teenagers during the 70s, but we're certainly kids during the 70s, and we probably listened to a lot of our parents. Um, music as well, and and there's nothing you know. I still listen to '60s music and '50s music, so mm-hmm. it's just a, it's just you know a passion. I know Brian's very passionate about music, so um, sure. Brian went first last time. So Scott, you're first out of the gate. Awesome, let's okay. do this. Hiding the chat room. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. let me get them out of the way. Okay, All they're right. gone on my end as well. All right. Oh, by the way, when we get it right, when we get it wrong. All right, go ahead. Easy enough. Excellent. Do you know how much effort it is to put an individual eyelash underneath your eye? I just want to give credit to women that did this in the 70s because, oh, my God, you must have been so patient. Yeah. Because an individual eyelash? Like you have to put in- those on one by one? Individual. Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's nuts. Yeah. And wait, every right. lash is individual? Yep. That's crazy why not get the thing that's like a half moon that's got a bunch of eyelashes on it well because the whole look was you've got to distance the the bottom lashes but you can put the fake ones on the top wow man the 70s the 70s for uh for fashion and uh and makeup and stuff there what were what were people thinking i i i don't know yeah. I don't know, but I kind of like the look, so I might stick with it. Right. <laughs> well, with that much work, I think you at least got to keep it on for a day. 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to sleep in it. <laughs> yeah, get some swim goggles and just put those on and, and go to sleep. And... It looks awesome. You can make some kind of weird salads or strange food for a day or two. Great idea. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I'm about Mandarin to orange slices and a pink Jello mold. Yeah, with some carrot like carrot oh, strips in it. Oh man, Jello. love it. Brian. All right, Scott. Okay. Okay. So some of them are, are, are multiple choice and some of them are not. All right. Okay. Warning, and I've made. Your question's a little bit easier, Scott, than Brian's because I know Brian is such a big music aficionado. So Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and can I say Brian uh, reminded me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Make sure you point that out because when I lose horribly, I'd like to be able to say it was because my questions were slightly harder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fair exactly. Enough. All right. So, Scott, so in 1978, Gloria Gaynor will... Explode, boogie, disco, or survive? Survive. Correct. Oh, phew. Mm. I will survive. <laughs> okay, I got it. What, the cake song you mean? <laughs> yeah, the cake that, that song. Was my, that was my karaoke song at TMS last year. Yeah, it was. That's I'm right. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's we right. sang very badly. Yeah. yeah, but you got on the table, and that's the important part. That's what matters. Yeah, if anyone's got that video, by the way, there were, there were TMS people there. If anyone's got that video, please send it to me. Oh, yeah, okay. that's got to be on someone's phone. <laughs> Somewhere. Absolutely. All right. All right, Brian. Yes. Number two. Yes. Yes. Carol, Carol King in 1971 finds, though we really did try to make it, something inside has died. Mm-hmm. What's the song? It's uh, it's too late, baby. Now yeah, it's, it's too late. Yeah, written with her partner Jerry Goffin for the album Tapestry. No extra points for your vast knowledge. Whatever, no whatever. Extra points. I can spike it to spike He's the ball. You guys, you and Ryan get to spike the ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, you know that. I love that song, though. I love, always loved hearing yeah. that. You got song. I love Carol King too. Yeah, she's um, great. All right, Scott. Yeah. It's working out rather well because I've made sure to like put your initials next to each question. So oh, I don't... <laughs> very good. Up in your um, game. I like it. Yep. Okay, Scott, who originally released American Woman? Was it the Guess Who, The Who, Pink Floyd, or Credence Clearwater Revival? American Woman. <laughs> uh, or Lenny Kravitz. Sorry, before The Who, what was, it, what was A again? <laughs> A was the guess who. I don't think it's the who, so I'm going to say the guess who because I know it's not the other two. You are correct. Okay. Phew, phew. Oh, I forgot to ding for you, Brian. Here's another one. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. It's the... <laughs> I don't want to leave you without a ding. I was just so overwhelmed Thank by you. your knowledge that I forgot to hit it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, but there are, right, you so said Lenny Kravitz because he did do a cover, didn't he? He did a cover of it yes, for, the, uh, for the Austin Powers soundtrack. That's yeah. why I know that from uh, from him. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So All far, right. So, we're neck uh, and neck. Brian? Yes. Yes. Uh, who, who wrote Mama Told Me Not to Come, the 1970 US number one hit for Three Dogs Night? Was it Tom Jones, Eric Burden, Otis Blockwell, Blackwell, or Randy Newman? It was Randy Newman. Really? Was, uh, sure was. Yeah, who was writing a lot Whoa. of uh, stuff that he wasn't recording himself. Actually, he might have recorded a version of that for himself, but not not nearly as popular as the uh, Three Dog Night version. Well done. I can't imagine Randy Newman singing that song. 
Yeah. You got friend, me, me. Yep, I can totally hear it. Yeah. Mama told me not to come. <laughs> told me not to come. So I came anyway and I walked into the door and the party was going on. <clears throat> it made me realize you could have been him. Any of us could have been him. <clears throat> I mean, the songwriting is important. Don't get me wrong, but we got the yeah. voice down. So, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. All right, so we're still neck and neck. All right, all right. Neck and neck. All right, you're doing well, Scott. Okay, Scott. Yeah. What was Neil Diamond's hit song in 1970? Was it I Am, I Said, Crackling Rosie, Sweet Caroline, or Forever in Blue Jeans? Well, those are all his songs, so now. Yeah, of course. So 78, you say? Yeah, no, 70. 70. 1970. Oh, I thought you said 78. Um. I'll okay. go through it again. 1970. Yeah. Give me those I games. am, I said, mm-hmm. Crackling Rosie, Sweet Caroline, or Forever in Blue Jeans. I'm going to guess it's I am, I said. It's got to be that because that's old. No, Brian? Ah, oh, shit. Um, this, I, uh, this I'm totally taking a guess on just based on what I think is the oldest of those four songs, but I think it's Forever in Blue Jeans. No. Oh. no. Is it is it Sweet Caroline? It's Crackling Rosie. Crackling Rosie, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, Crackling So that's a zero for both. Dang. Yeah. All no right. one gets at that point. Yeah. No, that point is lost no. to the ages. <laughs> points. Oh, bye, bye. Touching points. <laughs> reaching out. No. I am my point. Touching anyway. you, touching me. <laughs> Naughty. Um, okay, so Brian. Yes. All right, uh, so I'll do the lyrics. Okay. I bet your mama was a Cajun queen and all her boyfriends were sweet 16. I'm no schoolboy, but I know what I like. You should have heard them just around midnight. Oh, you should have heard them just around, around midnight. midnight. Brown sugar. What's that? Band. Oh, is it the band, oh, not the songs? Song? Oh, Rolling yeah. Stones. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, um, good thing uh, you, you did a second verse because I could not pull it from that first verse. Yeah, I didn't either. I actually put that one in inverted commas because I was worried. I thought if I just do the first line, Brian mm. might be, oh, not sure. So I thought, yeah, I'll yeah. check that last bit in just to help you over. Yep. I, I appreciate that. All good. You're welcome. All right, so we're still we're still tied, right? Uh, yeah. No, because we had the yeah, oh. well, the zero, we the zero the point zero, from but... uh, yeah. Oh, I, that that ends up being a zero for me and and not for Brian. He just didn't get the steal, so you I got didn't get the steal. you got no extra point, so but you got, got your point. You've got two points. Brian's got three points, but the next question is for you. Okay, you can tie things up right here. Okay. Yep. All right. So, all right, lyrics. Who's the black dick that gets? That's a sex machine getting all the chicks. Is it not multiple choice? No. Is it Shaft? Yes. Oh, damn right. I wasn't, damn right. I wasn't you know positive. Yeah, damn right. Uh, hold on. It's uh, 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 it's not what's his name. <laughs> no, it's definitely not what's his name. Um, Chef from South Park. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, don't say it. It's... It's... Ah. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, uh, not Otis. Uh, ah! I can't do it. I can't do it. 
<laughs> what is it? Who knows it? Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes. Gosh dang it. Ugh. I should have remembered that because they had that big fight with him when he left the show. And That's right. They yeah, were all they mad at him. killed off Chef in the most horrible way possible. Yeah. But I'm talking about um, Shaft. <laughs> Shaft. <laughs> Damn right. It's so, it's so hard doing lyrics and not actually singing them. I know. It totally, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Brian, well done, Scott. Yeah. Brian, um, who scored the 1979 US number one album with Breakfast in America? Oh, Multiple. sure. It's, uh, I don't need the choices. That's Super All right, Tramp. go for it. Super Tramp. <laughs> super Tramp. Absolutely Super Tramp. I even well released done. a track-by-track uh, track cover album available for free download at Coverville where uh, listeners cover every track on the Breakfast in America album. Oh, nice. There we go. Yeah. Go and check out Coverville. Yeah. Do go. it. All right. Do it. Um, and also on the on the front cover of that album, if you uh-huh. remember, Brian, there's a, a woman that's playing a waitress. Yes. That's, What's her name? Her name that tag? That is actually... Kate Mur- Murtaugh, and she played Mum in the movie Doctor Detroit. No way, really. Yeah, that's, that's Mum from Doctor Detroit. She's on the front of their cover that's and on hilarious. the back. Yeah, it's well. the waitress that's doing the Statue of Liberty pose, but she's holding yeah. a, oh. a glass of orange juice on her plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or on her tray. Very I- yep. iconic image for sure. Yes. That's so well, cool. I didn't know that she did anything else. We got Doctor go. Detroit is one of these we have to watch for film sack because. It's Dan Aykroyd and arguably one of the worst things Dan Aykroyd ever did. <laughs> I'm down I with think, that. I think it is just super fun. I think the music's great. The dance routines, him at Donna Dixon, his wife. Yeah. Devo, on the I film. think. Is, uh, can music? you blame him? Right. Really? She's beautiful. Wait, they oh, met they, they met there? Like I didn't know that. In it. I didn't know it's, I didn't it's know fun. I didn't know they met on there. I thought they met on that yeah. spies like us thing. I had no, that I think, that, was uh, that was after, yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. Spies yep. like us, dude. That movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. What a dumb We've movie. We've played the retro cinemas podcast at Doctor Detroit, and I had Carrie from Girls Be Sport on to to do it because it's her favorite eighties movie of all time. So trust me, people love that movie. Wow. So if you do it, people will listen. All right. Okay. You know what? I haven't seen it since like HBO in nineteen eighty five or whenever it was. So been a while. Maybe I, need I, to give I, I was actually the same, and then when I rewatched it, I enjoyed it more now hmm. than I did watching it back then. Wow. Okay. There you go. All right. So there you go. All right, Scott. Yeah. Right. This is this is a multiple choice. So, who loved the nightlife and had to boogie on the disco round in 1978? Okay. Was it Linda Ronstadt, Alicia Bridges, Donna Summer, or Gloria Gaynor? Give me the the line again. The the song, the lyric or the. All right. I'll, I'll say it as it said in the song. Okay. I love the nightlife. I have to boogie on the disco round. Donna Summer. Brian. Damn it! Please don't talk about love tonight, uh, Alicia Bridges. And that is I correct. I don't Brian even know who that is. That is a, that is an unheard <laughs> well, name to that me. That is because it is her only hit. I mean, she was a one-hit wonder, and that was it. I think she did. It. Speaking of "Thank God It's Friday," I think she even appeared and sang that. Saying that in Thank God It's Friday, along with Donna Summer doing the last dance. Mm. That same movie. Yeah. Love. Okay. Um, (laughs) Good good steal. All right. Brian's turn. And this is a multiple choice as well. Maybe you don't need it. Who knows? Okay. So, which Eagles song gave the band their first number one single of the 70s? Okay. Was it Best of My Love, To Kill a Sunrise, One of Three Nights? Or take it easy. 
I think you need one of these nights, but it's uh... <laughs> one of these nights. <laughs> one of three nights. Um, I think their first hit single was "Take It Easy," which, if I remember correctly, was co-written with um. Oh, what's his name? Easy. Well, all right. First, tell me if I'm right or wrong, and then I can. Night, Scott. It's you night, take it, it easy. Yeah. Give me the give me the choice. All right, the choices are "Best of My Love," "Tequila Sunrise," "One of These Nights," or "Take It Easy." Well, we know it's not "Take It Easy." No, you can rule that one out, or you should say that one. Yeah. Say that one again. Maybe it'll be right the second time. <laughs> uh, let's do one of these. One of these nights. I think that's it. Oh, is it? Is no, it, no. Best of my love. No, best of my love. Oh. Of my okay. Yep. John God, Henley was swear. the lead vocals. It was on March uh, 1975, and it was on the album whoa, whoa. On the Border. I think it's wow, so like I... not the Eagles the way I think of the Eagles. It's such a weird song. Yeah, I I thought Take It Easy was uh, was their first single, so maybe not, or maybe that just didn't get as high as I thought it was supposed to. Take It Easy sounds I, like I some... saw them live in Hawaii, and and Scott, you were talking earlier, and Brian was as well about like missing out and suffering well i should be in hawaii right now mm-hmm. and i'm not mm-hmm. and i'm not happy Aww. yeah Ooh. yeah because that was oh, a regular well. trip for you too that was something you do yeah twi- twice three times a year i go with my Jeez. mom wow yeah okay. anyway i'll get over all it right. i'll be all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay so that was number 10 i have got and you guys are pre- hang on a minute i can actually sort this out so scott one two Nothing for that. Uh, three. Nothing for that. So Scott is at three. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Tadpool. Uh, and Brian is one, two, three, four, five. Brian's five, but we can do a quick uh, three. Three questions if you want. Three question uh, uh, tie maker. <laughs> We're getting to it. Not a tiebreaker, but a tiemaker. A tiemaker. Let's have a tiemaker. If you've got them written, if you've got them written, let's do it. Yeah. Just still trying to remember who the guy is that co-wrote. Oh, man. All right, go ahead. Okay. All right. Uh, What did the Beatles tell us to do when you find yourself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me? Is this a jump in and say it? Yep. Let let it be. Correct. (laughs) That's an easy one. (laughs) <laughs> well, why did no, you say while I was asking my question? Both of you. It's just whoever jumps in first. I know. I screwed up and was slow. Oh, I know you did. You big muppet. All right. <laughs> okay. Number 12. First in, and it's a multiple choice. All right. Which song? This is a trick question. Which song did Rod Stewart sing about his first sexual exploitation? Was it You're In My Heart? Was it Maggie May? Was it The First Cut Is The Deepest? Or Maggie was it Tonight's May. Tonight's The Night? Maggie May. Yes. It was me, yeah. I, 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 God, was, well done. It was a bit of a guess. I just thought it sounded right. I'm just pandering so much. <laughs> it begins with a wake up, Maggie. I, He's so a good boy. Yeah. He's a good boy. Okay, all right. So the last one is number 13. I had to include this. All right, what 70s movie and album are these songs from? I'll say them quickly. How Deep Is Your Love? More Saturday Than A Night Woman. Fever. Ah, <laughs> damn it. Ryan. <laughs> 
He had you at how deep is your love. Well done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> I said I'll I say them quickly because I just had to get through them. It's you should have started the... with uh, If I Can't Have You or uh, <laughs> one of the lesser known ones on there. Yeah. Or Alive or Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't, yeah, it wasn't started with that yeah. one. That was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's, what what <laughs> movie was Saturday Night still, Fever in? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Jackson Brown. Album. That's. That's who I was trying to remember. Jackson Brown was the guy who co-wrote uh, Take It Easy. He actually had most of the song written, um, and then he brought it over to Don Henley's house and said, I've got this song, and I just can't figure out what to say in the second verse. Oh. Don Henley wrote the second verse. He says, All right, why don't you guys go ahead and record it, and became one of the, the Eagles' biggest songs. My guess is the chat's been shouting that at us for a while now. But probably. We had, we had probably have. Probably. It was just when I turned it on and saw that Seamster Yoga, Seamster Loga. Yeah. We've had you guys. Uh, we're, talk, uh, we're talking about the chat. I actually, after we recorded last, well, last month, um, I looked at the chat and turns out when I did the Mad Max Fury Road quiz, first of all, most of them hate it. And second of all, ones that have seen it, half of them haven't seen it. So mm, mm. <laughs> it was pretty much people just going, eh? That's because people are wrong. So hi to those people. Hi. <laughs> it's because they're wrong about everything and they need to go reevaluate their lives because Mad Max Fury Road should be on the tip of everyone's tongue in these troubled agree. times. Uh, wow, that was great. All right, so that puts Brian ahead once again, uh, d d distancing us I'll by... Write this down now. So four so to two, right? Four, four to two overall. Yeah. Brian winning. Yeah, I think it's four to two overall. Brian, well done. You've you've retained Thanks. your crown. I uh, this one just felt like it was uh, so even with even with me getting slightly harder questions, it feels like it was skewed in in my direction anyway, just because of the uh, uh, the content. There's, it's it would be hard to yeah, write yeah, a. Yeah, but Mad Max Fury Road was for Scott last time. That's so, true. Exactly. See, there we you go. Know, so, I'll yeah. try. I'll try and make it a little bit challenging for both of you because I'm thinking of doing music from the 2000s. Whoa. Oh, that actually would, be, that actually would probably movie. be more in Scott's wheelhouse. It might actually, and, yeah. I was yeah. I paid more attention to that era than I think Brian did. Even though that era mm -hmm. sucked, it's not great, but I'll still <laughs> I'll still come to the table with it. All right. Well that's great. So right. we'll do that in that's August. Uh, in the meantime, yeah. Gidget, tell people Thanks, where guys. tell them where they can get Thank your you. show and where to find more of you. Oh, you can find more of me. At the Retro Cinema Podcast, we do an 80s movie podcast of movies we loved back then because I'm old and that we still love. Now we've just done our, done our top 10 80s teen flicks. So that's available if you just go into Google and type in the Retro Cinema. And also happy birthday, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah. It's today. Right. Oh, that's awesome. What did yeah. he turn today? 60? 70? Uh, 70-something. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. He's older than yeah, that. He's, he's Christopher still Nolan turned 50 today. Whoa. Christopher oh, really? Nolan. He's mm -hmm. our age? Christopher Nolan. He is our age. Cool. Well, yeah. Oh, I feel like such an underachiever now. I know, right? <laughs> All right, Gidget. Have a great week and month. Thanks, guys. We'll Love you. Bye. 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 See you later there, 80s hair, 70s hair. Okay. Oh, that was fun. That's awesome. That was fun. I did a little better than I thought I would do. Uh, yeah, you did considering, great. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, but uh, I think the win was was going to be yours from the beginning. But we'll see. Yeah, next time we'll see what she comes up with. You never sure, know. Yeah, the, that that actually would be the, the, my kryptonite is like two thousands and twenty tens pop. Yeah, like you, what you is that? Katy Perry, uh, uh, Jonas Brothers. Um, right. I mean, uh, I'd get the stuff like Adele and and Mumford and Sons and Lumineers and stuff like that. Basically, what I know about a lot of that stuff is 
the covers that came from songs. Yeah. Two uh, thousands. It's weird to think that that's already now a a thing we can talk about as a decade ago. It's weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's really weird. To uh, two. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah two, two decades. total decades ago when it started, and that's just right. weird. Mm-hmm. I don't like thinking about that. I don't either. So instead, I'll think about this. This is the info we've been waiting for. Time for the news brought to you by. Brought to you by Phoenix Pearl Tea. Check it out, phoenixpearltea.com. Check out the There Will Be Dungeons teas. And if you're really hankering for it and you're a TMS supporter, get the TMS level on Patreon and get tea delivered to your house every month. That's right. It's uh, Phoenix Pearl Tea. Yep, phoenixrealtea.com, and uh, in this mug, it's not there now because I drank it all. Just the dregs are left, but I had a Phoenix Pearl Tea blueberry matcha this morning. Oh, it's it's one of my favorites Mm, right there. It's very good. So good. I... I started that, I, I thought of that ad just as you were playing that song that was like, oh, is he going to ask me to come up with an ad for uh, <laughs> before the news? All right, I'll do that. Yeah, I had a blank today. I didn't know what to put in there. And so, well done. You did it. You uh, <clears throat> you improved properly. People won't even know. Well, now they will because we told them, but you know they yeah, would have yeah, yeah. been well, none the wiser. Well, you got to let them behind the curtain. Meanwhile, I'm going to put the last bit of my coffee into my ember mug and let it heat up to 135 degrees. That's fantastic. So that's still working for you. You're liking it. Uh, yeah, this new one, no no hairline cracks in this one. Did I tell you that I had to take it back because the one that... You did say something about a, something was wrong, or I can't remember, but I didn't know that they'd yeah. already gotten it back to you, so that's great. Well, I just took it back to Starbucks and exchanged it for... Oh, another. it wasn't Amazon, it was Starbucks, that's right. Yeah, it was just Starbucks. I getcha. By the way, I ordered an SD card from Amazon because I had an SD card go bad in a camera mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, got a good deal on it, so shipped it. And uh, it's about the size, as you know, of like a postage stamp. Yeah. And yeah. it came in a box this big. <laughs> you know, yeah, it is kind of ridiculous. What the heck, oh, dude? I was going to show you. Remember we were talking about the 3D print that I was 3D printing the case for that um, oh, my yeah. Raspberry Pi 4. Yeah, let's see. This is the final case. Oh, yeah. It's the final case now. Oh, look, it's got like posts and everything. That's cool. Yeah little vent yeah it's all all 3d printed and there's even a fan guard in there and stuff it's uh i don't know a fan, a fan holder so you got a so, you got your media server now that's great got my media server actually i think I'm, i've decided i'm gonna use this as a 3d print server for the um for the ender because i've got one for the bq and i can't do you can't use the same pie for more than one 3d printer as a print server mm, okay. so it's kind of ironic the thing that i use to print mm-hmm. this Will now be served by the thing I printed. Oh, weird. Yeah. That's some inception. Who needs tenant when we have this? <laughs> That's right, exactly. Take that, Christopher Nolan. Keep pushing that movie off. We're good. Okay. That's right. Uh pet chameleon. Sometimes people have them. You know, you mm-hmm. put them on a rock sure. and they suddenly kind of look like that rock a little bit. You know, that's their whole yeah. deal. Well, uh, somebody lost a pet chameleon eight months ago and then found it again. Oh, it's like karma. Yeah, it was dead and dried up. No, it was alive. After the top, uh, sorry, after the top of his screened enclosure caved in, Pascal, the chameleon, escaped into the wild undercloak of the darkness, eluding capture and hungry predators during an eight-month Indian Harbor beach adventure, uh, according to News 6 Partner Florida uh, reported yesterday. The small, slow-footed lizard, I love how this is written, 
uh, was finally captured this week near Ocean Breeze Elementary. <laughs> Roughly one mile as critical clues one were gleaned. One mile away. Yeah, a whole mile away. They got critical clues gleaned via photos, messages, and updates posted in the Next Doors app Lost and Found section. Quote, these power lines right there run all the way through the Indian Harbor, Be- Harbor Beach, says Pascal's owner, uh, pointing at the utility pole near his apartment near the dunes. So I'm guessing through the winter, sorry, through the winter and the colder season, he was using the power lines and the transformer as a source of heat to survive. And then he would find a cable that came down to people's yards. On Wednesday, Lombardi, this is the guy, said a woman on Dorado Way, a short residential street near Ocean Breeze Elementary, contacted him and reported she had spotted Pascal, quote, in a mo- monsoon of brush and, sh- and greenery. I almost said shrubbery. <laughs> shrubbery. Shrubbery. Uh, he and his wife, Ashley, drove over and retrieved their missing chameleon. He was in uh, was perched atop a branch. He says, I'm excited to have him back. I'm very excited. I love him. I absolutely love reptiles. This is uh, what Ashley, his wife, said. Uh, so there you go. A happy ending for people looking wow. for their damn chameleon. There you go. I do. I, I love the fact that... Uh, that this gets clickorlando.com. I'm actually genuinely appreciative of a story that doesn't have anything to do with COVID, doesn't have anything to do with uh, the the presidential campaign, anything like that, politics, nothing. Just just a a chameleon that that, uh, went a mile in eight months. Yep. (laughs) But then traveled into all of our hearts. That's right. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, that's why I picked it, because I thought we don't get enough of these, so here's one. Here's a nice, happy yeah. story. But here's one we can make fun of. Okay. Uh, Kalamazoo County Sheriff directed decu- uh, decutives, but I did not shoot <laughs> the decutive. <laughs> Sorry. Directs his detectives to investigate a message calling him fat. Oh, no. Somebody called him fat, and he's like, get on the get on the deal there, yes. Detective Billingsley. <laughs> Uh, West Michigan Sheriff sent detectives to investigate a Facebook message he received calling him fat. I don't think that's how the, you're supposed to use your authority, but whatever. No, yeah, that might be that might be abuse of power. I, like I'm it. just saying. Feels <laughs> like it. Uh, the incident uh, report obtained by News Channel 3 through a Freedom of Information Act request revealed that Kalamazoo County Sheriff Richard Fuller directed his investigators to the home of a man accused of sending the message. With no, uh, while no crime occurred, the report showed Fuller sent detectives, not deputies, to talk to the man accused of sending the sheriff the message. Uh, quote, you are a fat, I assume that's ass, because it's A dash yeah. dash. Could be asshole, but it's only uh, two dashes, so sure. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what protocol is on that. You're supposed to put mm-hmm. the whole thing and then just... You know, looking at later on in the same message, there's a B with four dashes. So yeah, they are using the dashes. It, it, it's, it's a game of Wheel of Fortune right here. Got They've it. got, uh, before Vanna White, turns over the s's yep then we've just got the two spaces right there i'd like to buy a vowel is there an i <laughs> says you are uh, a fat four, three eyes uh that'll cost you 250 <laughs> oh man i saw an episode of that brickleberry cartoon i was telling you about where they kidnapped uh-huh. pat sajak oh it was it was bad that and show said having some health issues is right? he pat oh no sajak? is he all right i don't i don't want him to be sick what's going on with pat sajak Hold on. am i am i mistaken well maybe he's maybe um, he did and he's over it now or something could be wow pat sajak is 73 that's that's crazy crazy uh, oh he was sick for a while he's, he's yeah good now. there we go emergency surgery for a blocked intestine yes he had a big letter jammed in there like a O. Or something. <laughs> i'm not thinking of trebek i am fully aware <laughs> oh yeah we know trebek, trebek is, is ill we know that yeah we're, we're, we're quite aware but i think pat sajak i remember pat sajak was uh, ill as well 
Um, what if it was a big D or an O or like a T or something that was jammed in his colon? That'd be good. <laughs> That's not how it works. They Isn't don't that like how it works? They don't little eat letters? plastic magnetic letters that <laughs> fell off the fridge and he swallowed one. <laughs> no, like a big full-size one Vanna White brought over or something like that. Like a, yeah, they're, they're like big panels. Yeah, eat, eat this, the, Pat Sajak. Eat this giant letter. Eat and this. he said, sure, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I like that his, his Twitter account is uh, game show host, icon, former sexagenarian, gated community activist. Wow, that's great. Sexagenarian, what does that even mean? I don't even know what that means. Uh, 60 year old, former 60 year old. Oh, I didn't like realize an octogenarian that. Octogenarian or a. Okay. So what are we? What are we in a. What are we? We are uh, quintagenarian. No, what is the. What's is 50? It quintagenarians? Quint, quintuplets is five? It's five, yeah. But so it's not. Is it. Um, quinta, quintagenarian. I know quint, quint means five, but is there a different one that means. Quinta, 50. Quentin Tarantino. Pentagenarians? Okay, pentagenarians. 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 That's cool. We could get like devil worshipy and stuff. Because pentagrams. That's cool. Well, you know, we need to make sure that our uh, our, our officials over in the Quintagon uh, get working on this right away. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> The pentagenarians at the Pentagon. Pentagenarians at the Quintagon. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Pentagenarians. Nice. Yeah, very nice. Oh, it's it's Greek versus Latin. Quint is Greek. Penta is Latin. No. Thank you. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's a couple of com uh, conflicting origins there. Not conflicting. Can, but the, can the Avengers Quintjet only uh, hold five people? I know it's the Quinjet. I just, you know. You know. I, I thought I'd better, because somebody's going to address that and say, I thought you were a Marvel guy. Yeah, yeah I thought you knew everything about Marvel. <laughs> 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 Man, I'm into comics right now. Something happened to me the other day. It was, you know what it That's was? Right. It was watching Talk that Batman. Well, it's that, but I think it's because I watched that movie. That oh, uh, the Justice League Dark. You yeah. know, what I tried watching last night, mm. and um, it's not as good as I was hoping it was going to be. Was that Teen Titans Judas Contract? Oh, it's not uh, good. It's not as good as I was hoping. It's it feels more like we've taken the Teen Titans Go stuff. And not kept the charm of that, but not really even tried to make it a little bit more, less less, kitty cartoony. Are they so? So is the style like they're more adulty or no? It's, is it still that kid? They're they're drawn to be more adulty than the Teen Titans. They're not drawn as kind of you know the the uh, super deformed, super D, whatever they call that. Yeah. Things like they are on the uh, in the Teen Titans Go, but it opens with Beast Boy, you know, looking at his new tweeter account, going. I could write posts like, I love pizza, and pizza is great, and time to get some pizza. It's like, oh, is this what we're in for? Yeah, that's... Ugh. Yeah, uh, so so um, Justice League Dark I'm going to check out, but I think I might be done with uh, the Judas Contract. Yeah, and also check out... Uh, well, the one I watched was Doom. I'm starting Dark. Uh, what's the other one that's on there that looks good? Oh, right, um, Justice League Doom. That's right, that's what it was. If yeah. you've never seen Under the Red Hood, that's a must. Yeah, I need to see that one. I read the comics, but... Um, Phantasm's old, but great. A yeah. uh, whole bunch of good stuff in there. Batman Phantasm, cool. not Phantasm, the ball with the... Yeah, not the, the ball with the knife sticking out of it. Yeah. Um, it I do need to get... It, it was uh, basically that or start on Doom Patrol. and. Uh, oh, Doom Patrol's another one on my list. I have too much. Yeah. There's too much. You have too much on your list. Don't they have a new season coming or already out or something? New season's already out. Okay, and they, they, is might it actually, might actually even be just wrapping up the new season. And was it a bingey thing, or did they do it week to week? Um, week to week, I believe. Okay. Yes. 
Um, yeah, Ken from Chicago says the season finale is tomorrow. So there you go, week week to week. And did it uh, well received this season? Anyone in the chat have a? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, I've heard good things about Doom Patrol. I just wish that Titans and Swamp Thing were on yeah. HBO Max. It makes no sense why it's it really not there. Doesn't. Even yeah. if they don't intend to add new seasons, just put it up there. It's, mm-hmm. You own it. It's not like it's going anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. Um, anyway, oh, I was going to read this line this guy said. I'm going to do it in his oh, voice. Yeah. Please, You're please a fat ass who needs to go on a diet. Stop us from living. Come get me if you want me, you tubby as fat bitch. What's the middle? Stop us from living. What's that? I don't know what that means. That's really weird. Stop us from yeah. living. Come and get me if you want me. Is it, is it a, was that like a stop us from living? Like in, like a uh, that's what you're trying to do, but we're not going to let you try to stop us from living. But, but well, also the last line. Come get me if you want me, tubby is fat, bitch. What does that mean, tubby is fat? Does that make any sense? <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, tubby as fat. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say we need to find this guy, uh, get our detectives to find this guy. Not because he called the the, uh, the sheriff fat, but because we're curious about what he means by all these things. Well, and it could be he's on a list. I mean, see, here's the thing we may not know. He may be on a list already. And he may already be weird and threatening and other stuff. And also, yeah. this message is really funky. And what does it mean? Stop us from living? Like all this stuff could yeah. could have culminated from a, a longer period of time where he's been a problem. And now they're just going to go talk to him. That's different I mean, than he called me fat. Go investigate him. So the story may not be a hundred percent like you know, right? Giving us the real deal. I know that seems crazy. That sometimes the media likes what? to spin things. Yeah, I know it's nuts, what? right? Spin. Whee! <laughs> uh final story uh for today anyway a gas leak from horse semen containers sparked a hazmat alert at the uh haven't delivery center oh no mm, oh no gas from a horse semen container yep. so it's yeah <laughs> semen gas <laughs> a fire engine from Gosh- gosham fire station this, where is this this is the uk somewhere and two yes. from water Gosham fire station yes two from- Waterlooville. I understand you've got a fire. We will send a man right over. <laughs> uh, let's see. They were called to this place. The call made after the staff at the depot found a white smoky mist coming from a package. <laughs> According to a spokesman from the Hampshire Fire and Rescue Service, the package was revealed to be a container holding chilled horse semen. With the leaking gas coming from the liquid nitrogen that's used as a coolant. Mm. So there's that's, that's your gas. Uh, horse semen is often chilled to preserve it while it's being transported across the country to professional horse breeders. Waterloo Fire Station watch manager Craig Sadler said crews spent most more than an hour there working to vent the gas from the horse semen. He said, it was a package that was leaking gas. It was a 30-liter vessel stored in liquid nitrogen. We evacuated the premises and promptly ate all of the semen. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, what, we what, evacuated what? the premises with 15 people on site. I, I misread that. Sorry. I used to uh, so the the company that I worked for that did the the if I could use your phone video mm. we were um, a half a block away from a place called three prime five prime three prime something like that and um, they they dealt in uh, selling semen in selling animal semen for uh, for breeding and, and that sort specific of thing. kinds or all kinds or like I, I could have sworn it was like whale semen, which is seems really weird for a completely landlocked yeah. landlocked uh I'm looking it up here to see maybe That's weird. 
It is, yes. But I could see if there's some endangered thing going on and they have them in captivity. I mean, maybe it makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, so five prime, three prime are... Oh, that's a DNA reference. I didn't realize that. I didn't either. But the... the um, yeah, I am not seeing the company anymore because I was curious as to what they sold. But, uh, huh. Hmm. Yeah, don't know. Anyway, but they sold that and thought it was really weird. But I uh, never smelled any gas coming from there, so I guess that's good, right? That is good. That is really good. If I owned a, a semen storage company, oh, I can't tell people what I, I can't say it. Here, Brian, I'll put it in chat and then you can laugh at it. This is what I would call my company. All right. Okay. There you go. Jeez. <laughs> see? You can see why I wouldn't say that out loud, see? I can, but but now it's like, now we're doing this thing where it's like you and I have this little secret. Yeah, we got our secret. The, uh, I like it. Let's do this. We got our own little secret. No one knows about it. You guys don't know. You can't Aww. figure it out. Well, I'm not typing it in Twitch chat. Y'all are gonna have to just live. They're gonna they're gonna uh, assume like they're gonna make assumption that's gonna be worse <laughs> Way than worse. What, you've, what you what you've actually typed. In Way here. worse. You're not kidding. Yes. All right, taking a break. When we come back, we're gonna be with my sister and talk about stuff in the world. Um, so last week she put out a request for a bunch of you who are parents and concerned about sending your kids to school this year and what your plans are gonna be. That sort of stuff. We've picked one out of the many, many, many we got. So I just want to early and on, early and, and, and up front here say thank you to everybody who sent those emails. We picked one we're going to work from. We'll do that after the break when Wendy gets here, and we'll talk all about it uh, right after this song that Brian has prepared for us. Yes. I'm excited about this because uh, this is one of my favorite indie artists. I've played her a lot on Coverville, and the fact that she's got a brand new album, the fact that Grandstand Media sent this over to me makes me super, super happy. Uh, Katie Malua has a brand new album coming out. Uh, she's a Georgian-British singer-songwriter, and she's released her second track as a teaser from the album uh, called Airtime. The album is called Album Number 8, which is a great album especially if it's not number eight, that's, that's even better. But uh, Katie Malua's brand new album is coming out soon. Uh, I'm looking to see October 8th, uh, 16th is right. when that album's coming out. So you're going to, you're going to have to listen to this and just dream about what that album is going to be like for the next three months. Um, the song is called airtime. Here is Katie Malua. I think we've given love too much airtime. same needs in the new
Fireballs aren't coming out. Oh, I better go make a tuna casserole. <laughs> the morning stream. Hit the road, Buster. This is where you get off. And we're back, everybody. I loved that. I'm going to chill to that in October. Oh, so great. In the meantime, you can chill to uh, her uh, previous seven albums. <laughs> <laughs> this one's way more orchestral, though, than the previous ones from the sound of that. A lot more strings, but her voice, it, it uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, just really my kind of like relax and jam kind of thing. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. fact, let me do that today while I... I got a whole bunch of art to do today that I got to get yeah. done for people. Forget about mental health day. I got to freaking draw. And mm-hmm. uh, this is what I'll listen to. This is what I'm going to do. There you go. There you go. Well done, she's, Brian. She's good mental health music. Yeah, feels like. Oh, um, Kate, uh, Katie Malua is the artist again for those who like the back announce, and I should do the back announce. Brand new album is called Album Number 8, comes out in October. That song is called Airtime. Katie Malua. Larry Manure. Got it. <laughs> great now she will never send me any more music yep. <laughs> that'll be the end of that all right we're gonna bring wendy in i assume she is uh, around because i talked to her this morning i don't know was that light last night i don't remember hi wendy how are you oh my gosh hi hi oh did we scare you, you <laughs> oh right? my, gosh, my volume is really high and I oh wow that's all right listen we're we're here to help um hey everyone that voice is the voice of my sister this is her theme everyone knows it's yeah, and she's here again, <laughs> as she is every week, to discuss the matters of the heart. No, to help people with their real problems. She's a real therapist, uh, professionally and otherwise, and uh, like and well, like our <laughs> like with our family, some of our media family, she does therapy for free on Thursdays for all of us. So thanks for being here, Wendy. It's always good to have you. Do you ever, here. Do you, guys? do you ever feel like uh, anybody in the family is like, do, do, do any of us ever call you and go, so, Wendy, um, <laughs> I've been having these recurring dreams about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really do that to you, but does anyone? No, know? nobody does. Okay, good. Good, good. Yeah, good. It's, it's great. Like extended family, yes, I get that. Yeah. And they're usually like 
asking me to refer them on to someone else or sure. you know that kind of thing they, they're you know people people getting right. referrals from you is a pretty common thing uh, yeah very common very yeah. common um and i'm happy to talk through anything with anybody and just and then i usually just say well here's how you because it's hard to find someone and navigate your insurance and figure i mean that is we have not made that easy for anybody. No. Um, and so, yeah, I, I usually spend a lot of time walking people through that. If if they're too closely connected, of course, I can't work with them. So they they sometimes they'll be like, I mean, I know you're my sister in law. I'm like, no. Oh, I see. So there. So <laughs> what is work. what is the full the the minimum removal level? Like, is it like uh, um like the sister of my sister in law is fine. Oh, all right. So um, so once removed, basically. Once removed, at least. Like, if I'm going to just see you at a at a at a family function and it's peripheral and maybe it's once every 10 years because you, you know, maybe, yeah. but if it's like you're in the immediate, then no, because it just can't be. So you're like, you're like those doctors at those family reunions where somebody comes up and goes, does this look infected? I know you're a doctor. Let's take a look at this. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. All right. hundred percent. But what's so tough is it's like, they need, there's a long story. It's one thing to look at a little, you know, mole. <laughs> it's another to go. Hey, hold on. What? And there's yeah. a long story. Can you come over here in the bathroom and let me tell you? Yeah. And so it happens, but I, a lot I more actually to... don't mind at all. I feel like it's like in some ways I'm flattered. Like, oh, you would trust me to ask me that. And also I think, oh, I'm the only person you know. So there we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, always have those recommendations for other people handy, I suppose, is the lesson. It's great. Uh, all right. We talked last Actually, this is kind of a three-parter. Um, two weeks ago, we talked about... Uh, dealing with the, the whole cancel culture thing. Last week was about forgiveness. This week is about, well, I guess this isn't a three-parter. This is like a whole new parter. But we we hinted that we were going to do this. We were going to reach out and say, hey, parents, uh, contact us and let us know how your feelings are right now as you're about to prep to send your kids back to school or not or teach at home or go homeschooling forever or what your fears are and all that stuff. And like I said before the uh, song break today, lots and lots of feedback. We grabbed one so that we could sort of riff on one that got kind of all the points we wanted to hit. We found one like that. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. I'm going to read this. I'll keep this person anonymous. They didn't say whether they wanted their name used or not, so I just will assume they don't. That's how it works. In fact, if you guys ever want us to say your name, you just kind of have to tell me for the windy stuff. Otherwise, I'll probably just not do it. Uh, <laughs> Ten years later, I'm now telling you this. This, this <laughs> Nice. Nice. Uh... Yeah. Nice timing, right? I just really nice got on top of that. Uh, so here's how it goes. Hi, Scott, Brian, and Wendy. On last week's Therapy Thursday, you asked for emails about kids returning back to school. I'm sure you're probably going to get a ton, but I just wanted to do a little word vomit on, on my concerns with my child starting school. Yes, starting, exclamation point, they say. He's supposed to start kindergarten. And I've been anxious about this moment for the last year or so when we received his autism diagnosis. What will work, or what will school look like for my child? And now we are living in the time of COVID. We've moved to a new state about four years ago, and my job let me continue to work from them, uh, from uh, for them now remote. So I have been wor- uh, been working from home for about two years, four years rather. Some days I feel like the flexibility. What? I'm sorry, I, I put feel in there and it doesn't exist. Some days I like the flexibility. Other days, the out of sight, out of mind attitude of my company drives me crazy. My husband's job went WFH as soon as COVID appeared in our city. I don't know what that means. Work, work, work from home. Oh, work from home. Not mm-hmm. what the effing hell. <laughs> right, it's not WTH. All right. Uh, and we were given the option to switch my son's therapy to in-home services. So since about April, we have been all home. 
We have groceries delivered and we are pretty much going nowhere. The only people I see is my son's therapist. Now school is starting and they are giving the option to do in-person and remote learning. As much, uh, and as much as I would like for my son to go to big school, in quotes, as we've been calling it, I just can't justify it. It is totally at odds with how we've been living these last few months. So I am now going to try to do remote learning with my autistic five-year-old. While I am working, uh, I only work part-time, but it is still going to be a juggle. Also, my husband has sleeping issues slash often works late at night. So I am the main parent in our household. That's a little concerning, but we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very overwhelming. A lot of parents in my special needs groups are concerned about the lack of socialization for their children. It makes me feel guilty that my son hasn't seen another child since March. It feels like no matter what decisions are made, there will be guilt. As one of my friends said, it's the Kobayashi Maru. Uh, it's a Star Trek reference. Uh, just a few of my thoughts. Thanks. Love the show, though. Okay. So let's unpack this, Wendy. Uh, we can talk about their specific situation, which has obviously got some special needs attached to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we can, well, I would probably rope everybody in cause they're going to be people like your household. You've got all school age kids yeah. and you're trying to decide what to do. So based on this email and kind of the general heft of what we got, what do you, how do you want to unpack this? Well, and, and we'll get to specifically what, what I think, um, might be helpful for her because it's first kid, first year of school, special situation is going to be a little different than the kids have been going to school for a good while and they already know what it is, <laughs> you know, they know what they're missing. Um, and you know, all of those things, which are all of my kids in that sort of situation. So, um, but, but let's just first back out of the entire thing for a second and talk about what it feels like to be a parent in of, of kids right now. So this, this is going to summarize, I don't know if every kid would articulate it this way, but my eight-year-old the other day was, I mean, crying for a while. He's a bit of a crier and he cried and he cried. And I, I couldn't quite get him to tell me what was going on. And at one point he says, mom, you just want me to stop crying so you can go back and do whatever you need to do. Like, oh crap, you're right. (laughs) Uh, therapist. Yeah. So he caught me and I admitted it and I said, you're right. Um, I didn't quite expect to spend my Saturday listening to you cry for two hours. And, and I stopped and I reoriented and I apologized and I said, no, I, I really want to listen. And so I sat there for, it was a while. And he finally just started saying, it took him a minute to get his engine going to say the things, but it was a lot of, I hate this. I want to be with my friends. It's all the stuff you could imagine, right? And he says this. He goes, COVID is, it's not, what? he goes, why, do I, why does COVID have to be in my life, in my young mm. life, is what he said. Wow. Like, I can handle it later, but my young life, this is not good timing, is basically what he said. <laughs> He's hearing something like that on TV. Like, think of these kids and experiencing COVID in their young lives. In their and young like, lives. Like, yes. oh, yeah, I'm using that. <laughs> My young life. Yeah, it was very like, whoa. And and so, you know, what do I say? What does any parent say? And here's the thing. So there's two things in this story that I think are relevant to all parents, especially if you're trying to work and and or there's both parents at home working now or there's a job loss. And so your energy and your thoughts are all over the map and you're stressed, you know, like no matter what your situation is uh, employment wise as a parent, you're stressed out. 
So even if you've just been like a stay-at-home parent all this time, you're now like the teacher, right? So you now have a job you never trained for. So like there's all these, everyone's in a different place, but everyone has this overwhelming pressure on them. So he points that out by saying, you're not really listening to me because you have other stuff to do. And that's real, right? Like I got to do my job and I got to make sure everyone's safe psychologically and physically. And like, so it's just a lot, right? So he senses that. And that what he's saying is you can't actually be here for me because of all of that. And that is the conundrum we all find ourselves in is I can't actually be the parent I am supposed to be being and I want to be and maybe I even am capable of being because of the circumstances that are so out of my control, you know, for for the basic reason we all feel that it's out of our control, but also for whatever individual reasons we have for why it's out of our control. So we have this dynamic where we're stressed, our kids feel it. And I'm, I'm finding my friends who are anxious generally and have always been anxious. Um, it's really hard for them to not spread that anxiety everywhere with, with their kids because, you know, they would have a break before or they, you know, the kid could be at school while they dealt with their stuff or they just, you know, but instead now it's just sort of in everyone's swimming in the same soup. So you have all of that happening. And then there's that, that second piece he brought up of just how unfair this feels. And so he's a kid who's been to school and loves it and thrives there. And that's not every kid, right? But that's, plenty of kids. And even if they didn't, they're now wishing they could go and just (laughs) give it another go because they're so sick of their house. Um, Anyway, so you've got those dynamics happening in some form or other for everybody out there. And here's this sweet little boy who's supposed to start school. And we have this expectation of what school was going to be. Uh, We have that kind of naturally because we all went to school, maybe. Um, But then we get the the diagnosis of autism. And now we're we're in question territory. We don't actually know what school is going to look like. Um, we're hoping it's a place where he can thrive. We're hoping he's going to get the services that he needs. But then we lay on top of this. It's really iffy if it's going to work well and or he's safe and or should I, you know. So the the question boils down to sort of each individual's predisposition, I guess, before this even happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And this person doesn't maybe say. um yeah, they exactly. don't. They I don't have, get into what the kid's disposition towards school is at all. Yeah, but. no, no. I mean, they're the parents' disposition. Oh, oh, oh. I see. Yeah. Kind of right. Like she's nervous and excited. You know, like you know, probably pretty typical stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But if she was really, really anxious, um, then we got to start from there. And I think that's that's what's tricky is is um, there's a certain secretary of education and uh, others <laughs> who think. That like saying like Bleh, everyone do this is just there's no way that that is a good idea right there's no way because not only doesn't that work for all different kinds of students and all different kinds of teachers and all different kinds of districts and all different kinds of funding and blah 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 it also doesn't work for the disposition of all the parents who are ultimately going to be making that decision um, so it's very tricky and and she didn't say where she lives does she uh, doesn't. S- let me make okay. sure. I'm okay. gonna make sure real quick. No, just talks about how they just move states and. Uh, been okay, there so they're years. kind of in a new place, and yeah, yeah. and this is what's what's uh, you know there are listeners who don't live in the United States, and their local municipalities and their their governments are telling them certain things and how that you know what they're going to be doing. And here's where, and I always make this same argument if the leaders in the situation, so it's the school board or the whoever, if they're acting like adults and they're taking full responsibility, then everyone else feels better. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so I have been on the phone with lots of people in lots of circumstances and Sweden being one. And Sweden's, of course, famously known now for the ones who didn't shut completely down mm-hmm. um, and asking them how secure do you feel? You know, what's it like? And are they as scared as the rest of us? Sure. But they have so much um, sort of faith in how it's being run that it it soothes that anxiety. Mm. And so if this um, woman, I think one thing the emailer could do is contact whoever it is at the school that's going to give you the sense of how things go. So that may be the school social worker. That may be um, whoever coordinates special needs kids education or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. In my case, I have a, a, a child with special needs and they're, I mean, the heroes on earth are special needs teachers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. These people are amazing. Yeah. And they they recognize this principle so intuitively because they've got to you know make sure all of these kids are actually safe all the time yeah. and that they are getting very nuanced level of education and care and training and you know and and so if you want to feel safe you you talk to somebody who is over that program who's already you know that's their jam is already making that happen for parents because parents are now Oh my my child has this diagnosis. I, I don't know what to expect. They're already doing this full time all the time. So finding those sources where you can feel comfortable so you can make that decision can be really impactful. Mm. Um, I know for me, the governor of Minnesota is was a former teacher. So I automatically have the whoever's leading the call and the discussion is someone who gets what it's like to be in a classroom, who gets what it's like to be a parent. It's like instantly I go, oh, okay, I can, I have, there's a, then rather than a dude who is a lawyer, (laughs) you know, sorry, all you dudes who are lawyers. Sorry, lawyer dudes. You're going to get no pass today. Yeah. If you've been (laughs) in a classroom with 30 kids and you know, they don't know how to social distance and they're not going to wear their masks and they're, you know, like he just has a sense. So, and then also my school district has been incredible. I feel like every, they've surveyed every kid who is in sixth grade and up and compiled all the data. They've surveyed every parent. They've showed, it's so transparent. This is exactly what people are thinking. This is what people want. Here's the school's plan. I could email it to you. You would be blown away. And this is before the governor has made a final call. So I know what's going to happen no matter what, when that, if the governor says no school, we already know the plan. If he says hybrid model, we have a plan. If he says kids are going back, we have the plan. Right. So what's up with Minnesota? Why is that possible? And I think a big part is that we fund our schools really well. Now, do we have real problems with racial stuff? Yes, we do. Mm. Yeah, they've been Obviously. in the news a couple times this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, have you heard of us? I'm not sure if you heard of Minneapolis, but uh, there's some some challenges. But the, the schooling situation here is is pretty good. Obviously, it's not perfect everywhere, but right. it's, it's just well-funded. And when I talk to people where that is not the case, their schools are overcrowded and not well-funded. Uh, chaos seems to sort of reign. So it kind of really depends on where you are. And here's, that's unfortunate, right? No one can do anything about that. I just happen to pick a lucky spot. Mm-hmm. And the Swedes are enjoying the lucky spot that they have because school is so valued there. Um, and those kids as the the cultural commodity. And then they have a healthcare system that can handle anything um, that maybe wouldn't, we can't handle. We're going to crack under and, and not to say they're perfect either, but that idea of like, there's some structure in place. Well, if you live in a place where that's not true, what do you do? So if let's say this lady does live in a place like that, she just doesn't maybe fully know it because she hasn't had a kid in school yet. Mm. 
So I would recommend that she make a phone call or two and get some somebody who's in charge to help her understand what her options are and she can express some of her concerns, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll do that, especially because of she's starting out and, and she's in, in the special education branch of school. And no matter where she is, somebody... Somebody can help her with that probably. Right. Now, let's say you just have a bunch of other kids that are different ages and you don't have the special needs route. What version, and, and you guys can, you, your kids are so far from being in school. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, Nick's, Nick, Nick is now mm-hmm. two years, two years since graduation or a year and a half, something like that. So it's, yeah, it's starting to be a distant It's not memory. even in the realm of, yeah. yeah. So lucky you guys. Yeah. But so, so let's think about, you know, kind of channel that you're a parent and you're not sure it's safe and you don't want grandma to be at risk because your kid went to, you know, like just, you can, you can imagine. So get in that mindset and think about how you, what would make you feel better mm-hmm. if you, I mean, maybe you don't feel like you have quite the, you can't make the phone call or maybe you do make the phone call, but what, what, what's your, the two of you's like sort of gut thought of what you would do if you were a parent with kids, school age kids? I mean, okay. So the special needs question, I would for sure try to reach out and hopefully at this point would have some you know, already established contact with those in your district, state, local, whatever that, uh, you know, where, where those resources and those specializations exist. If you haven't done that yet, I would, that's the first thing I would do, but let's just say it's, you know, my three kids who, you know, other than Nick's inability to put his clothes in the hamper when he's done, really, there are, there are no special needs, uh, that mm-hmm. I, that I'm aware of, although he always acted like that was one. But anyway, <clears throat> because they, because of the case, uh, their cases, uh, I think what we would have done is we would have stayed really, we'd have kept our ear to the ground really tightly from, from March forward and said, you know, cause obviously school ended prematurely also, right? Like kids were, mm-hmm. didn't right. stop going to class. Well, <clears throat> yeah, it didn't necessarily end prematurely, but they were, they were home prematurely from to do distance learning. Right. Yes. Correct. And then some of them graduated, you know, without the fanfare of usual graduation. Yeah. So all that stuff happened, but we would have probably tried to stay as close to whatever was going on in the district from then forward so that we knew what the fall was looking like. So when, mm-hmm. when they thought things were going to lift, we would probably pay attention to that and what the plan was and try to hold, you know, try to hold them to account on the plan. And then if it changed, have another contingency plan, kind of like you're talking about with what it sounds like your dis- district is doing. Like we would have just done that. I don't know what else we can do. Like that's part of the frustration is, is that enough? Or is there something else you're supposed to do? Right. Um, I mean, that's like the basic of any parent who's would be paying attention. Right. But then we get to the actual call you have to make. Right. mm -hmm. So say the district said, so we have a friend in Chicago who just found out yesterday. It's like, Nope, it's not happening. It's all online. Yeah. So now she's got to adjust to how do I make this work? again for another school year with multiple kids and and uh, and online schooling does not work mm-hmm. for some kids it just will never work mm-hmm. and so what do we do there and and so back to the email for just a second this kid hasn't started school so it's not that it's great timing but it's easier timing in that you can um figure out because by law Every state has to provide for a special needs child their needs, mm-hmm. right? So you actually have way more leverage legally than any other student because you have to protect those vulnerable kids, right? So I get those 
packets every time I have a meeting, like these are your rights. These are, you have so many rights and hallelujah that they've done that. But it actually is to our advantage to say, what, what support do I get for this? And, and, and navigate that with them almost like you have a case manager. And so I would reach out and sort of, you can, you can demand that as a parent now, as it, do you need to be extra nice? Probably because everyone's really stressed out. Mm -hmm. But I do know like my own school district in the plan, it has all these contingencies and all these different ideas, but under the special needs section, it is, this is mandated by law Mm -hmm. and we will do what is in the best interest for these kids. So it may be, they're the only kids in the building at some point because they can easily be six feet apart. They can, you know, they have one-on-one teachers and there's a way for them to make sure those kids are okay. Now, that's because it's well-funded. I don't know about other places, right? right but right. anyway, so she should really fight to figure out because she has she doesn't know this yet, but there are she'll get a packet every six months at a meeting that says she has every right to this and this and this and so many important things, which is great. So, but you know, regular folks, you're just like doing your thing and you're like, I don't know, and you're talking to your neighbors and you're freaking yourselves out. And I've been doing this terrible thing where I'm listening to uh uh Radio Lab has an excellent um recent episodes and one is about the pandemic of 1918 and how oh it's so good oh i have that queued up i meant to listen and i it's haven't yet so good and, it- and i don't want to give it away but he talked they each each sort of person comes back with a story about something from that 1918 flu and how it changed and two stories about how it changed one person mm-hmm. the flu itself like having the flu changed two very important people in history and changed the course of history it is so cool and crazy and also makes me terrified anyway but you read you're listening to that or like and you're freaking yourself out or whatever and then you talk to a neighbor who's like chill and then you talk to another neighbor who's like i'm homeschooling my kids no matter what and you're like wait what you know like Mm -hmm. you're you're looking to your community to know what to feel and say and think and if if the district which i've heard some pretty horrible things about the school districts in salt lake and how they're handling stuff and people just feel the chaos right yeah so this is, again, where leadership matters and someone being the adult in the room or, you know, at least the illusion that someone knows what they're doing can be really helpful here. So if you're not getting that at all, and then, Brian, I want you to answer this, sure. what you would do, too. But if you're not getting that at all, you've got to tune into you. And this is where I'm taking it from the collective decision making to your personal decision making. So I'll, I'll keep going on that. But, Brian, I want to know what your thoughts are. before. I yeah. Finish. Well, I'm seeing mine are different depending on. Uh, looking back at Tristan, the different ages, right? Because when he was um, pre-high school, we actually had him, he actually was not really special needs, but we had him, he was a visual learner as a kid. And so he um, he picked up on things differently than the other students. So we had to have him in a, I want to say it was a 501C, but that's a, no, that's like a charity thing. 501C. <laughs> yeah, like a five, nope, not it's 529. A, that's the. Uh... <laughs> no, but it is, it's a, it's a weird number that doesn't seem to make, you know, it just seems to be pulled yeah. out of the air. IEP is what we always say, the individual education plan, maybe. Right, right. So he okay. was on, he was on uh, one of those. And so he did have a, um, uh, a special uh, counselor that would work with him on a few things to kind of get him steered towards learning the same way that other kids learned. And it was for him, it was all visual. He all, he needed to see it. He couldn't just read it. He couldn't hear it. He had to actually see it. Mm. 504 plan. That's it. Thank you. Uh, TVZ gone. Mm. Um, and drenched wildfire. So pre high school, I would have said, you know, if they're offering a mix, so that's a lot of the, the schools here are doing this thing where there's, um, 
or a couple of the counties, I should say, because the main counties, Denver County is doing all online for the first quarter. Jefferson County is doing all online for the first quarter. Um, but there were some schools out here that were doing like a mix, a hybrid of mm-hmm. where you'd do three days online, two days classroom learning, um, if you felt comfortable with that. Otherwise, it's all online. And I and I do sort of a modified version of that with Tristan pre-high school, which would be meet with the counselor, do everything else online. If, if um, uh, you know, obviously, if things don't look better by September, which there's no indication that they're going to get that much better by September. Yeah. High school-wise, this was the time when he was really starting to become a lot more self-disciplined with this school. I'd say he would have done a lot better with an all-online um, high school regimen than he would have pre-high school. So I would have would have been more leaning towards the all-online yeah kind of situation the hard the hard part is that whole era or that whole k through what eight or whatever k through six yeah Mm -hmm. where you know so much formative social interaction stuff happens social right the social interaction is a huge part of that and i know there's Uh, a there's a big contingent of of homeschoolers these days who have all kinds of amazing ideas and they get together and they do their stuff but in covid times i don't know how that works like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're supposed to do to, to keep that going. And do you, how do you keep it going on a very local level? Cause that interaction <laughs> needs to be more than just FaceTime, you know? So, well, the, the kids in this neighborhood don't seem to be doing anything other than just riding their bikes all up and down the street together and doing a lemonade stand. One of them came by and did door to door lemonade sales. Oh, like oops. don't bother coming to my stand. Uh, we'll just bring the lemonade to you. We do delivery. <laughs> Yeah. And that is a not yeah. that is not a contactless delivery, I'm afraid. <laughs> it really is not, no. no not gonna get they it lick there. their hand, hand you the That's thing. Right. Yeah. Oh, but if I just give you a dollar and drink my own lemonade, yeah. thanks. <laughs> there you right. go. Well, just- and it's it's I mean, like you're saying, it's very individual for what each child needs. And you know, yeah. and, and in my case, I've got four kids with four very different deals, and that is impossible. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, part of part of what I hope to sort of summarize a little bit with is that not only is this impossible, this is impossible. What we're asked to do and how to navigate this is impossible for individuals to feel like they are doing it right and well. Mm-hmm. And so to some extent, collectively, we're all just having to being forced to settle for something that is not optimal for our children. Right. And that is new. (laughs) That's new for us. We always let's optimize. Let's make sure everything and kill ourselves doing it. Well, it's there are, I mean, the most common, I call it pandemic brain, but it is just low grade depression everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Decision is harder. People are sleeping weird. Like nobody feels like themselves. And then there's some people who are fine. Great. I don't meet those people. So I don't know. Um, but there is this, like, what are you actually, what is actually good for your child is also what is good for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to lose it yeah. because they're home one more minute and you have the option to do the hybrid model or to send your kid to school, you've got to calculate. So we, we're, we're very good at calculating the physical risk or, or saying like, nope, that's too scary because that's, you know, but we will put our mental health slowly drive ourselves into, you know, a really bad place because we do that all the time, right? Mm -hmm. We have a long week and we just plug it through and then we crash on the weekend or like we're kind of built to have more elasticity with our mental health than we do with our 
our physical, especially when it comes to a disease, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we're going to get it. That, that's the crazy thing about 1918. They did not know it was a virus, yeah. right? They didn't yeah. even know what it looked like. They didn't have the technology to see it. We Day one, we can see a spiky ball that's terrifying, right? Mm-hmm. They, they had none of that. And so, I mean, it's crazy when you think about the differences. But we, we have some sense of what to do there, even though it can be really awful and terrifying. It's the other part we might be missing. And so I know there's groups like the American Pediatric Association and others that are like, we got to figure something out for kids. This isn't just the physical risk that we have to be concerned about. So I know parents are worried about that. So let's start with you. And I know this might be different. We're used to being told, we're always kind of like, well, what's best for the kid? So I just want you to back it up a step. What's actually best for you? And obviously what's best for me is that my kids go to school every day and are healthy and we just have a normal life. Okay, well, that's not real. So what is the next best version for me? Mm -hmm. And so me personally, it's the hybrid model. If I can just have a day, (laughs) just give me one bloody day (laughs) where I am alone and I cannot be worried, you know, and I may regret that because somebody may get sick. And Fortunately, my school district has a plan. What happens when there's an outbreak? How do we, how are teachers being protected? You know, so some of the older teachers are automatically on the online teaching groups, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas some of the younger teachers who feel like they are comfortable being there, they're going to be the ones in the classroom. Anyway, so whatever it is, I guess I'm ready. I'm going to have to adjust to whatever they decide. If they decide it's all at home, I'm going to have to adjust. But I have to start with what do I need to do to keep my sanity? Because guess who decides everyone else's sanity is the parent. That's why it's so much Mm -hmm. pressure, right? Mm -hmm. That's why we're numbing out. That's why every single day feeling the same and time warping and, you know, having a hard time making decisions. I mean, that's our body responding to this inordinate. What's the word? Inordinate. Inordinate. Yeah. Inordinate. How is it yeah. I'm correcting you? I don't get it. What happened that there? That don't correct me. Brian, is this what is the bizarre word? world? <laughs> inordinate, right? Inordinate? Yeah. Inordinate. Okay. See, yeah, that's right, right. I have pandemic brain. The more you I'm say saying. it, though, the, the more wrong it sounds. I know. Somebody help. We have problems. Anyway, so does that look like you make sure you are regularly dating your spouse? The answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Does that look like you have some timestamp of like a thing you go and do? Yes. Even if before it was only bowling where you would scream at each other and you can't do that anymore. Well, then you need to go find the woods where you walk in that same time and get yourself some, some ritual and meaning to your, so your mental health is okay. If you need to go talk to someone, go do it now. If you need to get some medication, do it now. If you need to eat better, try. It's really hard, but try, you know, like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have something to give to make sure these kids are okay. Mm -hmm. What we're doing is everyone's not okay at once. And that is incredibly difficult. So we're going to make decisions for our kids out of fear. We're going to make decisions based on we're not okay. And so I just want us to shift back a little bit to how can I be a little more okay? So this woman going back to her email, is she okay with this diagnosis, right? Like, has she worked through some of those feelings? And not all of it, this is a long journey. Um, But is she in a a good place where she can advocate for his needs? Awesome. If that's in place, well, then next step, you know, and so this is, this is tricky to do all this work during a pandemic, I get it, but Mm -hmm. really checking 
on our own well-being and making sure we're in a good spot. Because there's not a parent listening to me right now who has not been yelling at their kids or behaving stupid around their kids. And it has nothing to do with the kids. It has right. everything to do with the bill that's coming due or has everything to do with you just read the news for the last 30 minutes and your heart is broken. You know, whatever. Right. We we are humans trying to do an insane thing right now. And that's true of your work. Like if every every job needs to send an email and say, hey, we realize you're not working from home. We realize you're living at work. <laughs> like yeah. what a nightmare that is for you. And taking care of your kids. Like group hug, both without the hug. And like, it's okay. But we don't, we don't have it. We, so we've got to figure out how to, in our own group of support groups, really make this strong. So I want to talk about one concept that might be helpful. So it's the pod concept. You guys heard of this maybe? Mm, no, I've never so heard they, of this. Is, is the, this is at least how moms talk about it. But a, your pod a, I understand is, it in video games. Like I need to pause and go eat dinner. I get that. No, not pause. Pod. <laughs> oh, pod. Pod. Oh, okay. Well, you like, think it, you'd think you I'd were, know that word. <laughs> yeah, you're grown in a pod. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Thing. No, I get it now. Um, okay. Okay. Call them so the, now, though. Yeah, they're not, <laughs> Wendy won't get that, that joke, but that's good. Yeah. Right. I won't. Okay. So anyway, pods. And that is just who are in your circle that helps nurture this the the psycho-emotional stuff for your children and you. Okay. So mine is my friend that I can go walking with and we can be separate and we can be outside and we can vent all the things we need to vent and laugh at all the things we need to laugh at and exercise and enjoy a beautiful lake. Yeah. So that's someone in my pod. Well, part of understanding the safety there is that I know what she's doing with her kids and where her pod, what that looks like. So everyone keeps it pretty small, but you open it to those who are going to benefit your kids. So yesterday I had, Peter had an impromptu out outside play date with a classmate who happened to be outside when we walked by we haven't seen that kid since March. And the mom and I had to discuss like, all right, what are you both doing? And we're both just home doing nothing. We go nowhere. Right. And so is that a kid that can be safe in that pod? And now can we communicate, you know, right. So that, and, and he was like the happiest thing the rest of the day it was one hour play date. And it made such a difference. I was like, oh my gosh, I have failed this child to figure out the pod method. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's not easy because sometimes like, you know, we have a, a neighbor who's a police officer and he is always around everyone and he's trying to be careful and, you know, but his exposure is really high. So do we, are we a little more careful? Sure. Um, but you can do this. You can find who, and, and that, you know, sort of trust that they're behaving as well as they can. And then just the reality is we're not in control. And so we can control a little and we can build our pods so that it can benefit our mental health a little bit more than maybe we've, we've allowed in before. Mm -hmm. So that's just a thought for people to, to think about. And the school, if you're doing hybrid or whatever, it becomes part of that pod and, and how we can, you know, what we can do that just increases the well-being generally. We, we can have some control over it. Um, and, and so that's where we got to start with the places we do. Making a phone call because we have control over that. Um, making sure we're getting rest and eating well and exercising and going on a date or whatever, because that's a thing we can actually control. And then that has ramifications for all the other decisions we we're making and feel inept to make. You know? mm -hmm. No, that's true. I don't know. I just, all of this is, is good discussion and good advice and everything else, but man, do I feel for parents right this second? <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. it's not like today they woke up to, you know, more bad news and, 
there are days where you wake up to a sunny morning and you're like, wow, it's kind of nice outside. And you, you kind of, for a second, you kind of forget and the kids are in the backyard playing and everything's good. And then, and then you find out a day later, oh, they're spiking in our state. Now they don't know what they're going to do. And, and you're thinking, well, both of us work. If the kids are going to be here, okay, but we need to know soon so we can yeah. plan. Like, I don't know, man. It's just kind of weirdly unprecedented. The problem is the infrastructure that is in place for the most part for modern life ignores the potential of an outbreak of a deadly virus. Oh yeah. So it's like uh, movie theaters, concerts, um, anything where everyone's just all mushed up together. These things have always existed in human times, but when we would wipe out millions of us because of it, we didn't know what the crap was going on. We usually blamed it on some demon or something. And now we know what it is. And now we have to kind of rethink everything. It's like somebody said to me the other day, I said, what are they going to do? Make us do mass when, when it's just, when this is all gone, it's just regular flu season. And I'm like, well, no one's going to make you, but you know, what would be a good idea if we wore more masks during flu season, because 91,000 people die a year from flu. And wouldn't it be nice if we cut that down too? Wouldn't that mm-hmm. be cool if we saved a few lives there? And I'm just thinking was well, the, is really is the mask the greatest obstacle in the history of your life? <laughs> Yes, like if you, I mean, why isn't it your seatbelt in your car? Why isn't it your pants you have to wear in public? Why isn't any of those other when things? When I'm chewing tobacco, I can't spit it out without having to lift up my mask. <laughs> Coverville at gmail.com, by the way. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I wasn't going to go there. He'll take it. He'll take it. But, uh, but yeah, you know what I mean? So like these parents have all of that already to deal with. And now this, and I don't know, I'm just feeling a lot of weird empathy pain and and the, and the hard part about, you know, usually if you're, if somebody's in trouble and you want to do something like when you were here, you did a big food drive for some of the poor kids in North Salt Lake. And I remember that being a big deal. Also, I remember you being really sick and pregnant. You remember that you were pregnant with Peter and you were so sick. You had the flu or Always, something yeah. that was bad. <laughs> anyway, um, I remember being like, oh man, this is such a cool thing. It's action. You can actually say, well, what's the problem? Kids are hungry, very poor neighborhood. There's not good systems to take care of it, so we're going to rally together and we're going to do a huge food drive. We're going to feed a bunch of these kids. So it was like problem, strategy, execution, right? In this case, it's like, hey, all these parents, locally or nationally, everybody all around me, they're going to have trouble right now. Normally, Kim and I could go, okay, problem, strategy, strategy <laughs> we're stuck because we yeah. don't know what to do we don't know how to you help. would tend the kids you would we would do like, all sorts of all things the virus loves the same kind of behavior <laughs> yeah yeah i like honestly we we have last night we had this conversation we're like what else can we do not just that but other stuff like what can we do there's only so many dropping off you know a, a nice little package for the neighbor lady just letting her know we're thinking about her that you can do then that becomes all you can do. What else are you going to do? Like we, we just starting to feel like we can't do much to help people in a time where help would be nice. And so, so we're trying to think of other ways like, well, all right, well, if we donate to this, that's good. And also if we, uh, I don't know, make sure, uh, we're checking on people, you know, you just start to feel hamstrung about what you can physically do. And it would, it would be great if we could say, ah, bring your kids over here. We'll, Keep them all weekend. No problem. We got this. We'll help you out. And you guys can finally get away and get some time to yourselves during this weird thing where they're all, but we can't, I mean, we could, but it's a bad idea, <laughs> you know, Right. like it, 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 it flies in the face of the whole point anyway. So I don't know. It just sucks. Right. And, and I think for people like in, in my category, there's a few of us out here who don't have anxiety, who 
it's our first rodeo and we're like, what is this feeling where mm -hmm. this bad thing, like if I, if I go help this person. So this happened just the other day, Allie got her blood drawn for just a hemoglobin test, just like a wild child, well child checkup. And we go outside and she hadn't eaten in a while. I hadn't, even, I forgot. And she's like, I don't feel good. So we sit her down and she just, <laughs> it was terrifying. She just launched, she was sitting on a curb and then just launched herself backwards into the bushes and passed out. Oh and man, the, my God. It's the closest to a dead body I've ever seen because she's so white anyway. It was like <laughs> crazy. Oh, Her color, I've never seen anything like it. And I was like, oh man. And there's this wow. older lady in a parking space not far from us with her door open, reading her Bible. I'm pretty sure where she was reading the story of the Good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. Anyway, <laughs> she's so just <laughs> who's sitting there and I'm like, oh crap. And I'm trying to help her and I'm moving my car and my car's in a weird place. I go to turn my car off and I come back and she, she's just all, and this lady just stared at us. And I was like, hey, Jesus lover, could you? Uh... No, I didn't say that. But it's this idea of like, probably normally that woman would have come right out and helped us, mm -hmm. but she is old and, and she, we are vectors of a disease yeah, and yeah. she doesn't know. I'm sure she, we scared her and I didn't, I didn't make her feel bad at all. I just was like, no, nah, I get it. But yeah. also like, what is this? What happens to us? Like when our normal connectiveness to others or helping others or the world feels safe because we can do these physical things for each other is, is sort of taken away. It is, it's not good for humans. Mm -hmm. We're not, I keep thinking I need to write an op-ed for, I don't know, <laughs> real, realsteps.org. Because mm -hmm. um, <laughs> no one will read it. But about how we, Americans, we're just like, we're like a couple fighting and we're thinking about divorce. <laughs> like we just have some serious problems. And what happens with a marriage that's rocky, it's like you add one thing and it really starts to, to crumble. And I feel like that. I feel like the pandemic is this version of we can't see each other's mouths. Mm -hmm. We can't, mm -hmm. we can see each other's eyes, but it's not enough. It's not mm -hmm. enough to feel that just can, even at the simple things, right? And so I can have this experience in a parking lot, which would normally make me feel connected to humanity, but instead made me feel really alone. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to run back in the building and get the people who work there to come out because now am I making, what if she's got COVID suddenly? She didn't, obviously she, didn't, she yeah. fainted from giving blood, but there's this hesitation to have the solution or connection with people because you, everyone's in a different place. Everyone has a different feeling about all of it. Everyone's anxiety is different. You know, it's, it's really tough. So, which always brings me back to maybe it's me trying to always find the solution is like, start with you make sure you're okay. And what can you, then you've got that mask on your face in the airplane, right? And then who's near you and what mask can you help them put on their face? And then is it just, you have to battle with, I can only do so much right now. Um, and that's just the reality. Like someone else is battling with some other version. I don't know. It's, so, sometimes it's that plane, hard, sometimes that plane is going down no matter what. And, and, yeah. and so what you so what you do is you hold somebody's hand and give them a, a good final moment of care from somebody who's right. a stranger. Like there, I think that scenario, I think that metaphor actually works really well. I don't know if I should envy or feel bad for people who have their first anxiety experience during all of this, because when it happens to me, it's just hello, darkness, my old friend, because <laughs> I'm used to it and I totally get it as an anxious person my whole life. But, um, 
but yeah, like I, a lot I, of I, evidence that it works out or like another day shows up. Whereas I think for us newbies, it's like, is this really the end? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, it can feel is like this it. where the plane actually goes down because you know, I'm not tuned to that at all. And I, it's, it's, I can't, I have such a hard time in grocery stores now because everyone is so tense. I feel like I'm going to, I can't handle it. It's so awful. Yeah. Um, because Mine, it's the feeling, right? Yeah. It's the, everyone's feeling this. And I, and a friend of mine who has anxiety says, yeah, that's how I feel all the time. That feeling you just experienced. <laughs> yeah. It's and every day. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I trust me. It's definitely for me. What I what usually happens to me is I've gotten good at sort of tamping it down and or recognizing it and going, oh, I know what this is. So this is just that. And so go on about your day, do sure. your thing, focus on other stuff and it'll, it'll ease. But what usually happens is it comes out in weird dreams for me. Uh, like last night, I played basketball with a bunch of aliens with one eye on their forehead. <laughs> and during the game, I went up for a layup and woke myself up because in real life, and Kim witnessed this, I launched my arm from a back, laying in my back position, <laughs> launched my arm to the left and punched my lamp and it fell off onto the side of the bed. Oh my the God. Thing. Yeah. That just so, happened uh, last yes. night. <laughs> so did you watch Space Jam again recently? No, or? I didn't. I did it, although I thought of that when I woke up. I'm like, what the crap is that about? It all felt yeah. normal while I was in it. But um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, everybody's obviously going to deal with it differently. But, you know, it's a weird time. I just, I want more opportunities for us to find common ground mm -hmm. and less reasons to, like, there's, we ha we did have kind of a, a sit, at, sit with the neighbors, friend, or some friends of ours uh, in a distanced way and got pizza and just chilled and talked. And it was great from a social standpoint, but part of me didn't want to do it because I knew that the, that this is all we're going to talk about. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, it wasn't going to be, Hey, what do you, so how do you feel about the bears this year? You, you'll still stick with them through good and bad seasons. Well, we don't have football right now. And you know, like all the normal things that we may have a conversation about. It's all going to go to the side. What's going to happen instead is we're going to talk about the pandemic. We're going to talk about the problems associated with it. We're going to talk about something we heard about somebody with an awful thing that happened. We're going to hear a bunch of politics talk. I don't want to I don't want to do that in my social stuff anymore. But at the same time, it's probably important that we are, right? Cuz we're sussing mm -hmm. through it when we do have an opportunity to be somewhat social. I don't know. It's let's double it's like quadruple edge swords right now. Mm. All the swords are like like uh, Swiss Army knives, <laughs> just everything's sticking out and talking about one's going to lead to the other, and it's all dangerous conversation. And uh, I don't know, man. Well, and and Pete's right. Like, why does this have to happen in our young lives? <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Why? And yet, you know, there's there's some. I think we we always like romanticize. Oh, the greatest generation, or they went through all these hard things, and look how tough they are. Like, this is a hard thing. Yeah. We're going to get through it. And at the end, yeah. do you think we'll think we're as cool as we think other people are? Or Hell will yes. we go? <laughs> or do you think we'll be like, huh, well, okay. I mean, at least I had the internet. I don't know. I'm having, I mean, I, I'm having new t-shirts made up that say the new greatest generation. <laughs> That's right. The greater generation. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> what well, has two thumbs and lives in the greatest generation. That's right. <laughs> Me. <laughs> This guy. Okay, this guy right this guy. here. <laughs> Great idea. Great well, idea. anyway, I hope this is helpful to the parent who wrote us, but also all those who wrote in and everyone else who might be dealing with this. Um, I don't know. I feel like just talking about it helps even if we don't have direct solutions for your exact situations. But mm -hmm. I guess that's always true of Therapy Thursday. So send us your feedback. Let us know. And do sign up for 
realsteps.org. We weren't Let's kidding. Let me give you a final warning. It's We start Monday. Whoa. And so you need to sign up. Please, immediately would be great. Uh, <laughs> I think we'll let you up until maybe Sunday, but you'll be, you'll be behind the curve. So do it right now. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. We're, we're taking a, a, a little different tact, a lot of same good stuff, but we're going to go pretty personal and pretty deep. So if you like have zero interest in opening up any cans of worms, then don't sign up yeah. <laughs> because this yeah. isn't the round for you. This is going to be good. I, I keep thinking like, why did I start this the year of the pandemic? Mm-hmm. But then I realized, oh, well, I think it's because uh, we're going to get real faster. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's kind of what's happening. And so this this month is going to be uh, particularly so, so and so. It'll be good. So, so like some accelerated, ac- accelerated uh, growth period, perhaps. Yeah, a little bit. I think that's true for all of our things a little bit in some ways. So, yeah. Yeah. Sign up. All right. Steps.org. That's realsteps.org. Uh, Wendy Dunford on Instagram. Wendy, thanks for hanging out with us and have a great week as we hurtle towards school problems. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thanks, Wendy. <laughs> All right. How do I hang up on my sister? I do it just like this. Kick, just boot. Remove from this call. Okay. That's right. All right. We've done it. Uh, that means that we've done it. And uh, I have a quick note here uh, about some fan service for a listener. So I'm going to play that real quick. I happen to be related to this person. So full disclosure. Mm. I want fan service. All right. We got some fan service to give out to Ken's bookshop here in Salt Lake City. Uh, this was no- I was notified about this because my daughter Carter loves this bookshop downtown. Uh, it's an amazing place. You can find so many cool little hidden treasures, ancient books, new books, weird, like out there stuff you didn't even know was published kind of books. It's just an amazing they, uh, place. Yeah. Do they let you grab books off the shelf and take them into the uh, the bathroom? <laughs> no. To read while well, you Well, you know no? what? Okay. Maybe they do. I guess I've never tried. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, this uh, the top of their GoFundMe page says, Ken's Bookshop is an integral part of the very fabric of Utah's culture. His store is under uh, very real threats right now, most immediately with the loss of sales due to the COVID-19 crisis. And the store is running at approximately 50% of normal. Uh, we are not alone in this, but the pandemic uh, shows no sign of going away anytime soon. Please uh, do what you can by helping donate to this fundraising campaign. We cannot afford to lose this cultural icon. So I send this message out to mostly my Utah listeners and friends. If you guys hear this, you probably know about Ken's Bookshop. Um, I, this isn't going to be new to you. So if you are a local in any way and you want to see some local, a local place survive, uh, people have really bellied up so far and it's uh, worth checking out. So just go That's look cool. for uh, Ken Sanders or Ken's Rare Books or Ken's Bookstore, Ken's Bookshop. Any of those things will get you where you want on GoFundMe.com. We don't have a shortened URL, but uh, go check it out. And thanks to Carter for cool. letting me know. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is a very cool. It's one of, you know, I'm always the one saying, man, this whole Barnes and Noble would fit on my phone. Hope everyone knows that, you know, mm-hmm. that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But this is a case where these are the places I want to survive in the book right. printing world because it's almost like a museum. It's just, uh, it's just so curated and, and there's a smell there of paper and book and uh, it's an amazing place. You really just, That's you want to cool. go there if you visit and they let people in, I guess. Uh, all right. Brian, yes, sir. I think that's it. Oh, a reminder. Play date tomorrow, 9 a.m. to 11. Uh-huh. 11.30 tomorrow, The Instance with me and Garrett Weinzerl. We're doing an episode. Those guys are in back. Well, one of them's back in town, so we're doing that. Uh, the boy is back in town. That's right. 
Patrick's on some sort of self-isolating vacation. <laughs> it's wow. hard to explain because okay. the French are weird. Uh, but then uh, Garrett also getting back from a short trip to the Keys where I, I was informed he was very careful and they were super hardcore. If you didn't have a mask on, you were fined on the spot. 500 bucks. Boom. Wow. How how are people getting away right now, Scott? I, I know. Understand I know. <laughs> I could go up to Park City, but I don't know what I'd actually do up there because all those shops are closed. So it's like not as fun mm. as it would be. I don't know. Kim and I are trying to think of what to do for our anniversary this next month, but we don't know what we're doing. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so there's that. And uh, also patreon.com slash TMS is how you support this show. If you're looking for details on how you can support us and get extra content every day, not just once a week, but every day you get bonus content that you can get only that way. Uh, go to patreon.com slash TMS, frogpants.com slash TMS. has everything else you need. You can contact us there, whatever. We prefer your emails, themorningstream at gmail.com. I think that's it. All right. Do you have, uh, well, let's see. Your Coverville went up yesterday. You should mention that. Coverville went up yesterday, right? It was uh, a salute to new school hip hop. So your LL Cool J, your Public Enemy, and Run DMC. Nice. You be healing. Um, <laughs> it's good stuff. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, um, a really fun collection of stuff yesterday. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Did you play Baby Got Back from, um, what's his name? Sir Mix-a-Lot? Sir, no, yeah, but not him, because that's a, but covers of that by uh, like uh, Jonathan Colton or something? or No. No, no because it was LL Cool J, Public Enemy. And, oh, right. Uh, you already said the artist. DMC. Yeah, in my head I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, it's all the rap from that era, but obviously that's not it. Okay. That's right. Like uh, mid-80s, mid-80s uh, uh, hip-hop. There you go. Uh, check it out coverville.com for details Brian let's play a song speaking of covers <laughs> sure no problem uh, Renee A wrote in and said hey Brian Renee A here again I've been watching the Kingsman movies lately and would like to request a cover song played during one of the best fight scenes in the Kingsman Golden Circle movie with our beloved Mandalorian it's the cover of Cameo's Word Up by Boss Haas love the country version of this song I'm not sure if it was already requested I went back and searched couldn't find it nope hasn't up been played yet uh, thanks, Renee A. in the tadpole. Uh, so this is um, this is great. This is uh, Word Up by the Boss Haas. Actually came out back in 2005 on their album Internashville Urban Hymns. Um, I want to say these. this is another German band that is doing great American covers as much as anybody here locally. Mm -hmm. um, let me confirm that. Oh, let me see if I can figure out where the Boss Haas is from really quick. The Boss Haas. Uh, the Boss Haas. Uh, Berlin, yes. Uh, country Western style covers of famous pop rock and hip, so hip hop songs. Nice. So here you go. Here is The Boss Haas and Word Up. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow for our play date and then Monday for a new TMS. See you then. <laughs> Sister and your mommy too, cause they're about to go down and you know just what to do. Come on, Bob. Wave your hands in the air like you don't care. Guys, by the people as they start to look and stare. Do you dance? Do you dance? Do you dance quick? Come on, pretty lady, tell me what's the word. Word up, word up, everybody say, when you
Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Count Yorga Vampire continues after these short messages. Ooh.